We are live tonight with School Psych Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Very excited for a fun episode around technology and using technology and um, in practice. And have, if you see, there's a bunch of us here tonight. Um, so we've got two important guests who are going to talk about um, their programs and how they integrate technology. Um, you know, on a regular basis uh, in their work. So first off, um, my name is Rachel. I'm a school psychologist, and I'm working in the state of Maryland. Rebecca? Hi, I'm Rebecca, and I'm a school psychologist working in the state of Connecticut. I want to quickly mention to everyone um, how to participate, because we love to hear your ideas and questions and just general thoughts. So you can either go to School Psych, your school psychologist page on Facebook and add questions right under the top post, which is about the podcast or the School Psych podcast page on Facebook or on Twitter using the hashtag Psyched Podcast. We'll be, I'll be looking for, out for you guys. So please say hello and, and tell us about your experiences with technology as well. Anna? Hi, I'm Anna. I'm a school psych working in New York State. Um, and I'd like to welcome our two wonderful guests tonight. We have Tim MacGyver, who's a school psych in Clark County, Nevada. Um, he's also president of NVASP, or Nevada. We call ours NIASP, anyway, um, and founder of schoolpsych.com. And then we also have John Young, um, who is a full-time school psych in Northeast Ohio, practicing for about 10 years, and he co-created a school psychology tools app with a friend from high school, Jeremy Stone, a brilliant software designer who lives in Seattle and his friend from high school. So um, thank you guys both for taking the time to come talk with us tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. So, it's Tim, I'm going to pick on you first. Sure. I'm happy um, to. Please tell us about your um, website. And Absolutely. And uh, before I forget, I want to give a big shout-out to Dan Florell, who uh, is also helping with the blogging part. Um, and he has been writing the technology uh, piece for NASP, uh, for the communique. And so uh, I feel like he's a great addition to schoolpsych.com. Um, really knowledgeable in a lot of areas of technology, especially ethics. And so he's doing, um, he's helping me out with the blogging uh, piece, but also the main philosophy of the website is just like school psychologists everywhere. I mean, it's a theme in every state. Uh, a lot of us are overwhelmed. We have too much work. We're taking a lot of work home. And I just found little shortcuts, and I have a good technology background to the point where I started just kind of experimenting with w different ways of report writing, different ways of collecting data, and I just felt like I was able to do my job a lot more efficiently because of technology. And I wanted to kind of spread the wealth, you know? And so the whole philosophy of schoolpsych.com is really just teaching school psychologists for free efficient and effective ways to enhance their practice. Awesome. We like it. <laughs> um, so yeah, are you able to um, tell us a little bit about um, your website so specifically? I know that you've got some video tutorials and whatnot on oh, how to do some. Yeah, of sorry, I thought I was just giving like a basic overview for now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So the the two main things that I think are are of worth uh, pointing out are basically the report writing tips and the um, the checklist. Uh, th those are my two kind of highlighted features right now. I think there are going to be a lot more coming out. Uh, SchoolPsych.com was released in July, so it's only been out for six months. And so I would say that there, there's still a lot of room for improvement. But at this point, 
Um, there are very clear-cut tutorials on how to use Excel in order to make your report writing more efficient. And uh, in addition to that, there's a teacher checklist, and I basically just spent a lot of time coding this checklist. Um, it's basically comparing the student to other students in the class uh, on a 1 through 5 scale, 1 being the bottom 10% of the class, 5 being the top 10% of the class, and everything in the middle. And the, the teacher basically fills it out um, where they are in math, reading, writing. There's a whole bunch of questions where they compare uh, the student to classmates. And then once you get their answers, uh, the report instantly generates uh, the information for you through Excel. And it's just uh, one example of a way that Excel can really speed up the more monotonous parts of the job. Like if you have um, you know, uh, data uh, that you're using over and over again, such as that you want to report that he's in the bottom 10% of the class in reading, and you've got a bunch of students after him, you don't have to keep writing that sentence. You could generate it on Excel. And what I did is I kind of did it for other school psychologists. I created uh, on this MacIver Abilities Checklist, it's on the report writing section of the schoolpsych.com website. It's basically a checklist where all you have to do is have the teacher fill in the uh, checklist. And um, from there, it's three copy and paste, and your report is fully written. And not only that, but it's also you can word it in a style that you like. So you can have the option to change the wording. You can even change the content. If you don't like that I'm asking the teacher about you know, their on-task behavior, you can ask them about social skills or organization. And the report will generate it no matter how you do it. Um, and so basically it's just one example of how Excel can really speed up the process of report writing and I know that a lot of school psychologists they are really hindered by their ability to help a lot of students because they're spending too much time writing reports too much time doing paperwork and so the second part of that philosophy is not only to teach school psychologists efficient uh, techniques but it's also a way for them to kind of save their time and energy to help more students. And so through these free video tutorials, it's basically just a bunch of Excel tutorials, but they're re relevant exactly to report writing and exactly to uh, writing teacher feedback and things like that. And there's one thing that I really want to point out, which I think is super important, is that um, I've gotten two different types of feedback from the report writing tutorials that I've done. Some that are like, oh my god, this is amazing, like, thank you so much, it totally makes sense. And others who I, I could tell from their questions or comments that they clearly weren't getting it. So with the report writing uh, tips, I use a lot of linking from Excel to Word, and it's a little bit more advanced than the checklist I was just talking about. It's a lot more advanced, in fact. It's, it's learning how to write Excel functions, such as VLOOKUP, which is a very powerful Excel function. And I'm convinced that anyone and everyone can learn VLOOKUP. Every, anyone and everyone can learn these Excel functions. It's just that it's going to take some people more time. And what I'm realizing is that I, I have found that uh, there's two different types of people kind of seeing and reacting to my tutorials. Some aren't really getting the report writing tutorial tips I'm giving, which is why for them, 
I definitely would recommend still using the Mac checklist because that's just three copy and paste and everyone can use three copy and paste but for those report writing tutorials um, there's there's like a series of ten I'd say they'd probably take about three hours in length to complete from start to finish and um, just just keep in mind that those are gonna be more advanced because you're literally learning Excel you're learning all my secrets to get my work done a lot quicker and uh, you know it, I, I'm living proof that it works because I'm balancing my job uh, on top of Navasp and on top of doing work for the, for the website as well as really going above and beyond in my job and both of my schools going super above and beyond and so I really genuinely feel like I'm living this philosophy and I want to make the greatest difference through uh, spreading this to other school psychologists. Very inspiring. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, if I could say so, I think, uh, Tim, you're, you're preaching the same uh, message here. Absolutely. You're on the same mission. Yeah. Uh, I, I, really, I really enjoy hearing what you have to say about, you know, working full time and having, you know, this passion project be something that frees you up to be a better school psychologist and empowers you. I think it's great. I think you're doing a good job. Thank you, John. Yeah, and it looks like, Rebecca, we got a comment, too. Ah, we got a comment from uh, School Psych Eric, who's also in Connecticut, and he says, Tim's Excel templates and videos are amazing. I've been playing them around with the info on the site for a week now, and I'm amazed at how helpful it is. So, Thank you, Eric. Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> always, always nice to hear good feedback. Very cool. So I can understand what you're saying about some people just not getting it um, as far as maybe people who aren't super tech savvy yeah. or um, not familiar with Excel. I'm not super familiar with Excel myself, so the the more advanced things um, just seem a little bit daunting to me. I've you know, looked over some of your stuff and I'm like, oh, that looks really cool, but wait, I need to... It definitely, it's a bit of front-loading, I guess, yes. to learn yes. it, but then it saves you a lot of time in the long yeah. run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so, do we want to hear a little bit from John, or how do you guys want to... Um, I think that's a great idea. Okay. All right. Up and ready to go? I'm up and ready to go. We, we'll... Um, I just wanted to first start off by just thanking you guys for having me on your show. It's uh, I'm a big fan of your podcast, as you girls know. I think you do a really great job of uh, striking just the right balance between work appropriate and informative and comfortable and not being stuffy. You know, so I think it's really nice. Um, and I'm a big fan of people who are producing content like that that are you know kind of easily digestible but still informative and. Um, and, and any school psych who's willing to put in as much time as like Tim has and what the time you guys put in for this podcast, I'm a big fan of you guys because school psych is a very niche market. It's like 30,000, 40,000 people practicing. And for us to be putting in all this time and effort makes a big difference in the field. And my, I, one of the things that I really want to do moving forward is to highlight people like yourselves who are really doing um, this kind of work and producing original content um, for such a small niche group. Um, and so, like, I, I, Dan Florell is a, um, is a friend of mine. I know Dan. I, I like Dan a lot. He's the best. He is a content partner on the app. Um, we have a thing called Featured Content uh, on the app where 
we've selected a few people to start with. One is Dan Florell and his School Mental Health Minute videos. Um, Dan's producing these videos. He's, he's an editor of one of the school psych um, journals, and so he summarizes a research article in um, just like two or three minutes and kind of keeps us up to date with what's going on in the field of, you know, in the research in just these quick, easily digestible videos. And I think those are really cool, and those, so those are on the app. Another one of your guests, you've had great guests on. You had Temple Grandin on last week. What a, what a great guest that was. And um, the EDRC gentleman, I can't remember his name, but I totally took that information and ran, and my middle school is using the EDRC now. Oh, so that's great. You guys are doing good work. Um, and Jim Wright was one of your guests. Mm -hmm. Jim Wright is another content partner on the app. Uh, all you know, Intervention Central, you can access uh, a lot of the tools and how-tos and interventions through the featured content section. So Jim has his own channel. So again, another school site producing really good stuff um, that I'm highlighting. And so it makes me really happy to be able to say that you guys, I think you guys are doing a great job, and you guys are producing the same kind of great content, and I want to feature you guys on the app next. And so we do have an app that, an update that will be in the App Store soon. I'm not going to say exactly when, because these things are pretty unpredictable. Um, but it's uh, my great pleasure to show you um, my screen here, if I can. I'll drop out of that and show you that. And this is, right now, it's, it doesn't look like much. Can you all see that? Okay. Um, it's going to, but what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to go into the featured content section of the app and you're going to be able to search through keywords and be able to see previous episodes of the app or previous episodes of your podcast. And I'd like in the future too to be able to do things like you guys have a great resources section um, on your Google, on a Google Drive, right? Uh, we can incorporate that into your channel on your app. We can, you can really make it your own for now. Um, this little demo version has the first three episodes and some more being, we're adding more now uh, before we go live. And what's nice about this is you can put in a term like uh, behavior interventions, for example, and in the search bar, and it will show you the interventions from Intervention Central, the the research from Dan Florell and also podcasts from you guys that all relate to that topic. And so it's going to, it's a kind of a nice way of, of doing a bit of um, uh, research and just staying up to date with what's going on in the field of school psychologists from all these kind of fun um, opinion leaders. So that's, um, that's that. And so this is what the app looks like um, on the home screen. And um, so when I, we have a survey on our app uh, that, and on the website where you can, you can tell us what are the things you use most often on the app, what are the things you like the best, and what we're finding is that our users are uh, using the app for two things the most, and so those are the two things I wanted to highlight today since, uh, since they're being used the most. One is it's under this evaluations button up there at the top with the, the Psy logo. Um, we call those also smart plans. We might be changing that label from evaluations to smart plans. Um, that's something that we're using a lot and also the interval observation uh, feature. 
And so I'm going to kind of maybe briefly go through and show you what a little bit of what that looks like. Um, so let's start by going into one of the smart plans. Now this is all uh, pretend names, but actual cases. So I'm I've taken real people, uh, stripped all the identifying information away so that we can see what a real a real caseload might look like. So smart plans are basically your way of, of organizing. These are your initial evaluations, your reevaluations, intervention plans that you want to um, keep track of. And so when you go into these, you can tap on them. And when you go into them, you can see what you've done already, what you need to do. You can set due dates for those that will then appear on your calendar. And when you check them off, then they mark as when you completed them and it helps you just stay on task with um, your different uh, to-do list items for different uh, different kids and what they need. For example, and they're kind of, we call them smart plans because there's a little bit of logic built in. So uh, this is kind of like my Excel spreadsheet that I used to use where when I would enter in the dude, when I'd enter in the consent date, when I obtained consent, I would have that automatically enter in 60 days, you know, minus a day or whatever that, whatever your state law is, you know, you can, you put that in. For me, I put in 60 days um, and it would give me my due date for that evaluation. And so here, the smart plan kind of does that for you. When you check off that you've obtained consent, it'll automatically put in the due date down there at the bottom. So if I remove that, I can hit that button. And now for an initial evaluation, it's going to ask me a question like, um, do you want this due date to be 60 days after consent, um, or do you want it to be the due date that you already <clears throat> specified in the student's profile, so I don't want to change it, we'll leave it like that. And now there's a due date down there at the bottom, and every time I check something off, it'll, it, it, it might affect the student's profile. So I can go into the student's profile by tapping their name up at the top, and now I can see more about them and their status that I've uh, obtained consent and I'm beginning to do the assessments. If I hit edit, then I can go in and I can do a bunch of changing of <clears throat> a whole bunch of information about them. Uh, there's also contact logs down here at the bottom where I can show you, I can keep track of all the different dates and times that I uh, conducted observation. I use this a lot for documenting what I need to, to document for Medicaid. Um, and so you can print a report out later that lists in order of, of when you uh, conducted the assessment all the different assessments you did with the students and, and which assessments you used and what dates and times. So that really helps me document Medicaid. Um, and of course, any contact you've made with the parent, you can, um, you can document that. So you can just say, I contacted the dad's mobile number and you can type in, you know, whatever your message is. And I won't spend too much more time with that. But contact logs have been a big help for me staying on track of you know, my games of phone tag that I've been playing uh, with parents. I use this app every single day on the job, and I don't know what I'd do without these smart plans. They completely keep me on track. Um, for example, like, I know that with this student, I would like to observe them before I conduct the assessments, so I'm going to move that up the list, and I want to do, I'm going to conduct my observation next. Um, and with reavows, same thing. See, you can see a big list of reavows, and down here, they're all the ones that I've completed. And up here I can see that I have one due in 27 days and then four more due slightly after that. And I can click on any one of these and kind of see what status 
where I am in the process. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I sometimes I just write pass out teacher forms. Sometimes I'll put each teacher's name if I'm passing out forms to several different teachers. I'll I'll put every student or every teacher's name on there so I know who I passed out the basks to, who I passed out, you know, different informational sheets to, and then I can keep track of when I get them back. Um, <clears throat> and then when you get down to like when I know the the speech path is done, I'll check check them off. When I'm done writing the report, I'll check that off. And then with that student now, their status will say report written. And when I it just helps me keep on track with what's what's what with what's happening there. Um, if you then want to conduct an observation, you can go to the observations button, and <clears throat> I'm going to start a new observation, but of, a, of the same student, I've already conducted one previous. So you have your choice of event recordings, which is basically your frequency uh, count, your duration recordings, uh, and now duration recordings do a frequency count, and they record how long uh, in duration that behavior lasted and then your interval recording which would be the one that people tend to use most often because it is something that I think we're asked to do a lot going into the classroom getting a on-off task type of, of um, observation I do that all the time for you know pretty much every uh, ADHD student I have um, I'm always in the classroom doing doing that and you can what I've done is I've made two different templates one mimics the boss fairly well and then one is just simple it just there's two behaviors listed once it says on and says off and that's it so it lets me just quickly kind of go in to a really quick observation if I'd like or if I want to I can I can create a, a much more uh, in-depth one by uh, I will hit here and I can then add whatever behavior you want so there's a bunch of them uh, already chosen here and when you add new ones they get added to your list but you can just type in any custom behavior um, and then you can add that to your list of things you're going to measure with your with your uh, interval recording and you can choose how many seconds you want in between each interval do you want peers to be uh, recorded and how many intervals do you want between the peers and then you can save that as a template um, this is a develop. This is kind of a, a developmental version of the app. So there are some things where, like the some of the text is kind of off the spot, but that's not the way it is on the actual version. But I'll go in here to the time on task, and I actually want to pick a different student, and I'm going to pick this guy. And so you can just continue a, a observation if you were recording that student, observing that student in one classroom. You take a break and you go watch them again later that day. You can just hit continue recording down in the bottom and it'll just pick up right where you left off. Sometimes though you'd probably, you know, you might want to have a, a new uh, session started if you're in a new setting or doing a new activity. So you can add these sessions together later. So I'm going to show you that. I'm just going to do a simple off, on and off task. I'm going to go into the record mode here and now you can see this is kind of a nifty interface here where it's going to just slide up and this is 15 second intervals. I'm just basically choosing is the on or off task. Um, you can choose up to five behaviors to put in here. So you can um, mimic the boss pretty accurately or whatever other methodology you want to use. In this case, uh, I have a shortened amount of time 
uh, interval time so that it can go by a little quicker so we can see what, what it looks like. Um, but it will slide up. Now, if you've, if you've missed or if you want to change your mind, you can always pause it and slide back through previous intervals and make a change. Um, from the pause screen, you can also hit notes, and you can start typing some observation notes during your session and then hit the play button, and you're right back to where you left off. Um, I have this set for every four intervals. You'll see a peer, and you'll be then observing uh, a randomly selected peer. I think best practice says you're going to pick somebody of the same gender, you're going to go in a pattern up and down rows, or you're going to have some methodology for randomly choosing your peer. And so when the peer is done here, I'll, I'll stop it and I'll, we'll, we'll say the peer is on task. And now we'll, we'll close this out and we'll generate a report. And now you can hit this button, the, the button where you can select different observation sessions. Now this shows that I recorded, I observed uh, this student tonight at 8.23 p.m. and then previously <laughs> at the December 15th and then also a year ago, uh, not quite a year ago, but yeah, but more, a little more than a year ago, October of 2014. Um, and so I'm going to include all of those in there. That bottom one is the one that I created uh, during this demo at first. So we're going to do a line chart to see some progress over time. I'm going to include peers, and then we hit done, and then we can tap on our session, and we get a little chart for the on-task percentages of our student and on our peer, the averages, and what they were on the different dates. Now, this is an actual student who was not being medicated um, in 2014, but is being medicated as of uh, a couple weeks ago. And so you can see that their on-task percentage did jump uh, way up. And so it's kind of interesting. I can just hit the chart button at the bottom, and then we, we kind of get a funky chart here that shows the time at the 2014 date at the bottom. And it gives you just a graphical, a, you know, graphic representation of what's happening. This, you know, that chart in and of itself isn't the, doesn't look the best at the moment. That's one of the things that we're working on. Um, we're working on, we have a whole, one of the newer things we're doing is we're utilizing uh, a website that we created called specialedhub.com. And that website in the future will have a lot more utility for advanced uh, reporting options. So customizing the way reports look. Um, right now you can, you know, you can make these, you can, send data tables to yourself, you can send these charts to yourself, you can send bar charts or line graphs, uh, but in the future I really want you to be able to, um, I really want you to be able to customize exactly how you're able to send the information, whether it's in a, a PDF or in a spreadsheet format, lets you do more work with it on your own, and also having a lot more ways of, of customizing the way things look. So that's something that we're, we're working towards in the future and I'm gonna exit out of that and any any questions or anything you you wanted to see more of that um, you haven't seen so far I've got a, a question sure um, so you, you mentioned boss what I what, what is that sorry oh, the, sorry the behavioral observation system for students it's one of the more popular methodologies uh, for interval recording, 
And so I can show you what that might look like. Basically, it's uh, actively engaged, passively engaged, uh, on task, off task. It, you can you the boss has like um, off task verbal, off task motor. So this actually isn't the best demo there of that, but you can it has several different categories for for what is off task. Um, are you on task passively? Are you on task actively? So um, that template actually right there wasn't the the best mimic of the boss. It's kind of a a hybrid I've I've used in the past. So um, what's nice about this is you know once you get familiar with observation methodology and and what the numbers mean and and how to do this, you can customize your own observation um, technique. You know, and it will be empirically sound since you are um, you know, following a, a format that's been shown to empirically to be valid. So I think it's exciting that you can kind of take control over your observations in this way and have data instantly available uh, when you're done. And what one of the things you can do is when you're on this report page, you can hit the little action button at the bottom and, and instantly send it to an AirPrint printer or um, open up an email and send it off to yourself. Um, so it, through email so that you can print it off of whatever printer you'd like. Very cool. I noticed that um, you know you can have um, student pictures and whatnot in there, which is, which is helpful when you know we're testing a million different <laughs> um, yeah. students. What about though um, security? As far as I'm assuming, there's passwords and things that if you know I left my iPad somewhere, right. That, Know, all this information is secure and then also as a follow-up to that like if things were to be subpoenaed or requested like is there any just thoughts with legalities with yeah I, it's a you know it's a big question obviously the the security of the device itself is really up to um, the individual device so you know we recommend using the devices that have the pass the uh, the fingerprint ID um, it adds that extra level of security so that when you do lay, leave your iPad laying around, you, no one else will be able to even open it. That's really, your, your device itself has more built-in security than us as app developers can, can add. Um, so, you know, it starts right there with putting a passcode on your device uh, and using the fingerprint ID if you have that for your Apple device. Um, that it, that's the that's the main thing. We can in the future, our next version will hopefully be able to add the fingerprint ID right into our home screen. So not only will you need the fingerprint to get into your device, but then you'll need the fingerprint again to open up the app. Um, so I think that's important. And all the information that's on here uh, on the device, you can take from the device. It's nothing is stuck in the cloud somewhere. Um, there's no information that you don't have complete control of over. Uh, so as far as, you know, we don't have to worry about our, our student data being up somewhere on some cloud storage service that, that we don't know what's happening to it or, you know, whatever. We, we can print out uh, screenshots of everything here. You can email all the reports to yourself. Um, so you do have control over that data and you can export the actual raw data it's not in a super friendly readable format, but you can do that if, if it were to be subpoenaed. So, um, you know, that's so far we're, we're handling, we're handling this by trying to keep as much uh, 
right on the device itself without having to use cloud storage. We do have the option when you're backing up. Uh, we have, you can go to the backup restore and you can create a backup of a backup file of your data and then you, that you can save that just right on your device. And then the most secure way of, of moving that backup file is just plugging your device right into the computer um, and sending it right hardwired right into your uh, PC, for example. Uh, we do also offer the option of sending that information up to Google Drive or, or Dropbox, you know, to be just because that's a feature that uh, the users overwhelmingly requested to have was to be able to save um, and back up their, their files somewhere else besides on their device. So that is available. It's not uh, the ideal situation. You have to trust whatever cloud service you use. And you can use, you can use cloud services other than Google Drive and uh, Dropbox. You can pick whatever you want. I actually am a big fan of Box at the moment. I think Box is doing a great job with being HIPAA compliant. Uh, they seem to be the most secure at the moment. And I'd love to integrate uh, Box more closely into the app in the future. Um, but this is, and that's kind of our uh, where we're at at the moment. So cool. I, I have a question, John, and this might be more sort of about the business side of it. Sure. But um, I noticed that Pearson, you know, they own the Boss app. So mm -hmm. when you created, you know, that Boss section of your um, of your observation section, what was that? How did did you have to? you know, have permission to use no, that? That's that's not a built-in part of the app, that boss template. That's just something that anybody can create on their own. Okay. So there is no built-in uh, boss section uh, to that observation. That template is just, it was me creating it as a user, knowing that I'm, I'm familiar with the boss, okay. knowing that I'd like to continue to do an observation with that same methodology, but not wanting to pay $25 or whatever it is just for that just for that one ability to do the boss um, right. on an app so uh, because it's customizable you can do you can mimic any methodology you want of any system and it's up to you and so um, yeah we, we didn't we didn't build it in for that exact reason I think we just you know I, at the time, there was no Boss app when we developed this. This app was actually developed about five years ago, and before there were even iPads. Um, right. So this was an iPhone-only app uh, for a little while, um, but we obviously realized that once iPads came out, they were just taking over uh, the world of special education, and you know, speech pathologists were getting them um, in high numbers, and school psychs started to be given iPads. And now, I think a vast majority of our users are using the app on the iPad version, so, yeah. I have a question kind of for uh, the both of you, uh, John and Tim, um, as far as, okay, if somebody out there watching this and has an idea for an app or has an idea for a website or rolling uh, something like that out, uh, what do you recommend and what is, um, what level of technology, tech savviness do they need to have to put something like this from an idea into practice or creating? Do you partner with somebody else? Um, do you um, do it on your own and teach yourself coding? Like, how do how do you guys? <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, Tim. I, websites are a little easier, I think, for a novice than a an app. 
I know for my I know it requires a, a high level of sophistication uh, with programming and database uh, management to be able to create an app where you're dealing with a lot of files, a lot of student information, um, and then also potentially having that information. You know, you need to have it be encrypted. You need to have uh, if you're integrating with a website like we have specialedhub.com where you can go to that website, you can add students from the website and send them to the app. That sort of integration uh, is way beyond my level of sophistication. So my recommendation is to find a good friend from high school who, <laughs> who's willing to uh, go out on a limb, a really, really big limb with you and take a big chance and develop something for the greater good, even though it's really, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, um, you know, you, I, when, if you're going to develop an app, I would, warn you, I would warn you that, you know, you're developing an app maybe for 30 or 40,000 people at most, and so there's, it's a whole different game than uh, if you're developing a game or something like that for an app. Um, there's just not, the, the, the market isn't there for you to, to price it at, at a, you know, low price and things like that. It makes it really challenging, the business end of it, to keep it going. So, uh, yeah. I have to say, John, I, I bought your app so long ago. I think I was in internship. And mostly because I was just so excited that there was an app specifically for schools, and I just had it, and I didn't, I didn't really learn about it. And so we also had a comment like that that somebody has the app, and, and the tutorial was so helpful because they're not using it to the full potential. But I think just being connected in that way—that was the first experience I had being connected to other school sites, and just, I, I, just that part of it is great too. To know that somebody developed this for for my work—it's great. <laughs> you know, I wish I could say I developed it for other people at first. I, I really developed it at first to just help me survive, right? Um, being an early career psych, I was about five years in when I developed it, and I was working in um, at an agency that placed me in different school districts. So I was working in three different school districts during the course of a week, having to know all these different teacher names and administrator names, let alone student names, uh, and I needed something that went a little bit above and beyond my my system I had developed mm -hmm. to keep myself organized um, and I didn't want to wait for my laptop to boot up to know when a student was due and at the time you know there were no iPads but at the time there were you know I went to a, a school site convention in Chicago and I looked around and I saw every school site was carrying around an iPhone and at the time I, w I think I had a, an iPod touch or something you know I was I had kind of the junior version and I was like, man, this is this is changing the way I'm interacting with with technology. Just this iPod. Imagine if it was a phone. And look at all these school sites who have this technology already. There's an opportunity. There there needs to be something for us to keep us organized. And I gotta say, ever since that app came out, it has freed me up now uh, to be able to take on a greater caseload. One of the best things is that I'm really now able to instead of just doing a couple kids at once and not feeling, you know, before I'd kind of feel overwhelmed if I had too many cases going on simultaneously. Now, I feel like I can kind of take on almost twice the number of cases at the same time um, because I, I never have to worry about what I need to be doing. I always have that information right there. Um, so I, that's, that's how it's helped me. And I, I couldn't do my job without the app right now. So I feel good about what I've done because I know that it's worked for me. And if it can work for me, it can definitely work. It works for other people, I, I, I would hope. <laughs>
Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we, get, we get really good feedback. Um, the, you know, I, I keep expecting to hear, get all these emails saying, you know, why doesn't it do this? And, you know, this is the worst thing ever, but we just don't. And I, I just love the fact that the users of this app are also my colleagues. And, you know, school psychs are so smart. Uh, they really are. They really are. There's, there's, cool psychs are just the best people to have as customers and colleagues because we're super, you know, friendly and knowledgeable. And the feedback I get is not like, hey, this is dumb, change it. The feedback I get is super instructive and direct and really informative to the point where I know exactly what people want to have happen next with this app. And I'm really happy to be able to say that we're going to go there that we have the resources to take us there. And so I'm just really excited for what's next. Very cool. Do you feel the same way, Tim? I'm wondering, with the, are you getting feedback like that from school sites that are helping you to drive where your website's going? Absolutely. I have a, a million different ideas. Um, like John said, it's just uh, it's very time intensive, and uh, it's, it's one of those things where it, it does take a lot of work. So going back to your original question, anyone can make an app. Anyone can make a website. It just it's very time intensive. Um, there are YouTube tutorials on everything. You know, I've I've used them uh, so much in creating my own website. Um, but I I will say that when it comes to making websites, it's not just about knowing how to create and code a website, but it's also about the design aspect. So Adobe Photoshop is a big thing that I use. And so if you are thinking about creating a website, you also have to think about how to make it kind of your work of art. And I use Adobe Photoshop for that. So I would say that Adobe products, in addition to uh, the website that I use, which is WordPress, are, are two things that I really needed to be knowledgeable in, in creating uh, websites. Um, as for future directions, yeah, it's just school psychologists have so many different types of jobs that we have so many different types of te technology that we could use to help them. So absolutely, there's just a million different directions that both John and I can go in. I, I'd love to have, I'd love to work with Tim too, because I like, like I said early on, I think we're both on that same mission. You know, I think we both have the same mission statement of making this really challenging, complicated job a little easier for yeah. people, uh, you know, free you up to do more of the things you really want to do on the job and just make your, make your really hectic multitasking life a little less stressful. I agree. Yeah. So I agree. I'd, I'd love to work with Tim, uh, figure out a way we can, we can do that. That'd be great too, since we're, we're on that same mission. All right, maybe we've uh, got the start of a little collaboration going. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, John, I wanted to ask you, um, how much uh, are people uh, paying for for your app? How much does it cost to download? It's, uh, two, we lowered the price a little while ago. $29.99, I think, is what it is on the for the Apple App Store. Um, the featured content section, which I've talked about, which is where you guys are going to be showing up on, that's on the Apple version only. That's the Apple version is really our our um, mothership of the app. There is there is another version on the the Android um, Fire. There's also another version for just uh, not the Amazon but the Google Play Store. So there's two other versions. Both of those are kind of companion apps. I would say they're not as fully developed, but they still let you. For example, um, if you were to back up your data and send it over to your 
your Android phone, you would be able to still get all of those, you know, information about your students and things. It just doesn't have the featured content section and a few other bells and whistles. And that version is twenty four ninety nine. I think maybe it's nineteen ninety nine. I can't. I don't know. I don't remember. I think it's, I think it's twenty four ninety nine. <laughs> Uh, I want to let people know, too, that on this, our School Psyched podcast page on Facebook, I've tried to put all of the links to your websites to specialedhub.com and School Psychology Tools and Tim's website. I put all the links in the comments, so look for them there. Um, there's lots of information, lots to go through, lots to learn. It's really good stuff. Thank you. I, I did talk... I didn't talk too much about Special Ed Hub, but I'll just really, really quick. Um, it's, it is a portal for you to use for your School Psych Tools app for you to enter in your students online so you don't have to thumb type them all into your device. Um, so that's, a, that's one of the newer additions to the app. That's something people begged us for, so that's in there now. And then we decided to make it more than just a little portal of a website, so it is an, um, an aggregate of Special Ed news from around, the, from around the Internet. So you can go there. There's a little humor section. Um, little, you know, cute school psych-related memes and things like that mixed mm -hmm. in with um, just this news from the day uh, in various special ed sources. So um, check it out. I don't know about you ladies, but I'm excited to, like, nerd out to some <laughs> technology things that I haven't really gone too far in before. This is very inspiring. <laughs> very. Um, so we're pretty much out of time. Uh, any final comments or thoughts before we wrap up? Just thank you again for, for having me on the podcast. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, thank Good you very much. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being on. You, you're both inspirational to us, and I'm sure everyone that's watching, it's, it's really great. So thank you guys for being on. Being overachievers. Good job. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's called being overwhelmed, not overachievers. Survival. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Um, we'll be back next month. Um, and have a good night. And Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Oh, yeah.